23 through 27. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and waves obey him. Well, happy summer, everybody. It's been a hot one this week, huh? But in a state with six months of winter, we're not going to complain, right? <laughs> of course, with the summer months, storms are bound to happen. Thunderstorms, even tornadoes, weather events that can turn violent at times, sending us to seek shelter and safety. We're talking about storms today, though not necessarily weather events. Today we're talking about the storms of life. The last couple of years, uh, we've had a lot to deal with. Some major events, wouldn't you agree? The pandemic, war, racism, rising fuel prices, inflation, environmental issues, political polarity, a, a rise in violent crime. It seems each day we're reminded of the suffering and evil in the world. And then there's also those personal storms, things like job loss, a diagnosis, the death of a loved one, and so on. And sometimes it's those events that seem to hit us the hardest. While all this is going on, we may wonder, where is God? Why is God allowing this to happen to us? Just like in our gospel reading today, it seems as though Jesus is asleep, unaware or uninterested in what's going on in the world and in our lives. This is a common argument used by atheists and others who deny the existence or the goodness of God. In our gospel message today, Jesus didn't hear the howling winds of the storm. He did, however, respond to the cries of his disciples. Because God hears us, even during those storms. When we respond to suffering with faith rather than fear, hope rather than despair, God will turn our pain, our grief, our questions, and our uncertainties into the beginning of healing, even in the worst of storms. I'm not necessarily talking about physical healing, although that may happen as well, but I'm referring to that emotional, spiritual healing. 
The events of our lives and how we respond speak volumes about us. And that response will be seen by others. I mean, really, this is a part of our Christian witness. Our response, what we do in our lowest moments, may help others when they find themselves in a similar situation or circumstance. Now, I'm not saying we should put on a brave face and pretend everything is okay. Responding with faith and hope still allows us to be real, to be authentic and honest about what we're going through during these seasons of life. One of God's many promises to us is that something good will come from all this suffering. In all things, God works for our good. I'm referring to Romans 8.28, which says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I have read this verse so many times. It's one of my most favorite. It's the first one I memorized. I cling to the words we know. It doesn't say we think. It says we know. It also states in all things, not some things, all things. And I just discovered another word in there, another piece of this that I hadn't really paid attention to before. It says God works for our good, not wills. What do I mean by that? So often in these storms, people attribute what is happening as the will of God. And that's not necessarily the case. God works for our good. Last week we talked about Joseph as it is told in the book of Genesis. Talk about God working for the good in someone's life. God did not will those events in Joseph's life, but he did work those events for good. For Joseph's good, for his family's good, for all of Egypt. And for us reading the story now, we can see. We see God's hand in all of it. And that's such an important thing to remember. We have but a piece of the puzzle. It is impossible for us to see the big picture from our current perspective. Hence the need for faith. It is not God's will that any one of us should get cancer or any other dire diagnosis. Such things are the consequences of living in a fallen world. The fact of the matter is, sin exists in the world. God created everything that is good. We read that way back in Genesis, after each day, it was good. However, when sin was introduced into the world, we disrupted God's perfect order. Sin not only affects humans, but also God's perfect created order. If you remember in Genesis, when sin is introduced, even the ground is cursed. Sin affects everything. 
God did not create cancer, for example. It's not his will that these things happen, but rather it's the result of living in a fallen world. Sin isn't just something we do. It permeates everything. God has a plan for each person, and bad things are not necessarily a part of that plan. However, when bad things do happen, and they will, that's a promise, God uses those things for good. He works them for good. Now, God's also given us free will. This is a big subject, (laughs) and not something we're going to tackle today. (laughs) But as a result of that free will, we do things and make decisions that are often not consistent with God's plan for our lives, which can cause problems for us and for those around us and really for all of creation. Now, this, just, I just want to make a note here. Suffering is not punishment for sin. This isn't like karma that you hear about in other religions. It's quite the opposite. The, the event of suffering we endure is, or the amount of suffering we endure is not proportional to our sin. All we need to do is look at Job for that, right? But to, miss, to dismiss these things as God's will for our lives is also not the case. Scripture tells us again and again the love God has for his creation, so much so that he sent his son to die on the cross for each one of us. Jesus tells us in the 16th chapter of John's Gospel, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. God exists and God is good. God wants to be in relationship with his creation. He knows us intimately, better than we know ourselves. God is not some distant deity who is indifferent to what's happening in our lives. God also does not need us. God is sovereign, Omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. God knows the whole story, sees the big picture. But most importantly, God loves us. In fact, God's extravagant love for us is beyond our understanding, this side of heaven. I believe it breaks God's heart to see any one of us suffer. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. But relationships are formed through suffering as much as through joy. The goal of our existence is relationship with Jesus. Finding Jesus in our suffering is the point. 
Last month I spoke at a funeral for a 17-year-old girl. She had battled a debilitating, progressive disease her entire life. However, that disease did not define her. She was full of joy. She had an amazing sense of humor. And she lived her life loving others genuinely and authentically. God did not give her that disease. But he worked for the good in her life. He used those circumstances for the good in her life and those around her. Remember the verse in Romans, in all things. Through this woman, God brought people together and made relationships where otherwise they would not have been. Through her, he brought people to prayer and she modeled beautifully what it means to trust God. She was not perfect. She had her, her times of sadness and fear and anxiety, but she didn't let those moments rob her of her joy and her hope. And while the initial diagnosis before she was even a year old was devastating, the worst thing you can imagine as a new parent, grandparent, it was not the last thing. For followers of Jesus Christ, the worst thing is never the last thing. You've heard that said in this building before. We need to look no further than our resurrected Jesus to understand that. This young woman led a life full of love and is now in the presence of our loving God. She has met her Redeemer, Jesus, face to face and is experiencing firsthand God's extravagant love. She didn't do this on her own. Yes, she was an amazing young woman, but God placed people in her life that decided to come together to teach her about God and Jesus and Holy Spirit, to not let the diagnosis of this little girl define her. They chose love. Love and joy and perseverance and sacrifice to make sure this lovely girl knew she was loved by God, loved by her family a true gift. There are people facing serious and even terminal illness in our congregation today. There are homeless people that come into this building looking for help every week. There are those that are hungry, that need clothing and shelter, those that need comfort, a kind word, a friend, we also have parks, rivers, oceans that need cleaning, forests and animals that need help. And the list goes on and on. It's not enough for us to voice an opinion on social media. And incidentally, if the opinion is shared in anger and hostility rather than love, we need to take a good hard look at ourselves. We are called to more. 
in Ephesians 4, 1 and 2, Paul says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. God wants to use us in this world. As I said, God doesn't need us, but he chooses us for his purpose and his plan in the world. It's time for all of us to get involved, to show the world that to be a Christian is to love. And I mean love as an action word here, a verb, not that warm, fuzzy feeling. To show the world the love of Jesus is to have hope and share the redeeming message of Jesus Christ. To walk through suffering knowing that God is right by your side, holding us in his arms, providing comfort and peace. And often that comfort and peace comes from those around us. God working through those around us as we love and care for each other in our time of need. Each one of us needs to take advantage of the opportunities to serve God that he has placed before us. As Christians, we're encouraged. We're encouraged to bring the good news to our family and our friends and our communities. I'm not saying get up on a box and start preaching. You can if you want, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying get involved. Live generously and love others the way you want to be loved. In the second chapter of James, we hear that faith without deeds is useless. In other words, it's not enough to believe it or talk about it. We must act on it. We are not called to sit on the sidelines. Suffering happens. Bad things happen to good people. And these events in our lives leave us broken. As I've said many, many times, we are all broken one way or another. But Jesus came into the world to lead us to a place where we can be made whole again. And we are the messengers of that good news the peace that Jesus brought into the world, that indescribable peace of God, allows us to be content and rest in him. No matter what chaos surrounds us. No matter the storm, be it what's going on in the world or something closer to home, I pray, I pray that you would allow the peace of God to comfort you right where you are, to quiet your spirit with his love and perfect your trust in him. If you're able to come alongside another person and walk with them in their storm, 
then praise God. That is what we are called to do. Just as Peter wrote in his first letter, in his kindness God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. Let's pray. God of mercy and grace, may we look to you when the trials of life show up at our door, responding with faith and hope. And may we be your presence in the world for others to see your glory, offering your saving message of redemption to a hurting and broken world. Thank you for your unending love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.